Hello, FPL managers. Welcome back to another episode of the FPL Optimized podcast. This is episode number 23. There are only three game weeks left before the World Cup break starts, and I'm sure we're all still hoping to get some big scores so we can enjoy the break and prepare for the rest of the season. Hopefully, our information and tips can help you again. As you know by now, this is the podcast in which we combine analytics with the good old eye test. I am Bas, the casual manager, and my co-host is Sirtop, the data scientist. Data or grass, or data and grass, that's the question. Today we'll be tackling some of the most pressing questions again, so thank you everyone who sent in their questions via Twitter. And first things first, even though Certop, you might not want to talk about it, but let's have a quick Game Week 13 review. Yeah, <laughs> terrible Game Week for me. My Game Week rank was 9.1 million. Like, mm. I learned that there are almost 10 million people playing this game now. So <laughs> thanks to this, <laughs> because I was yeah. checking how close I am to the, the bottom. And my overall overall rank is around 1.3 million now. I dropped yeah. from 700k. Mm. Um, captain's decision killed me again. I yeah. don't know. Uh, there's not much to say about my team, I guess. I'm trying not to focus on my own team. I'm just checking other people's team and then tinkering about how they can improve their team. But how was your game week? Yeah, people cannot see you, but I can, and you look a bit sad. So I would say, <laughs> you know, just, just cheer true. up, man. This can happen. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure trying. I'm uh, your next game weeks will be good again. Uh, for me, it was not too bad. I had 61 points, so that's 10 points about the field average. Uh, not bad, but yeah, not great either, I think. Um, I'm happy that I captained Haaland. <laughs> I'm also happy that I had the Fulham duo with Andreas and Mitrovic starting in my team. But yeah, as many people this game week, I also had quite some points sitting on my bench. That's always annoying. In my case, I had Ward and I also had Almiron. And for Almiron, it's actually the second time that I left his points on the bench. So yeah, it seems I'm not really learning my lesson there. Uh, so yeah, overall not too bad, and I think also the team is looking good for the next game week. Um, so yeah, shifting to that, and I will start this episode with with my own question. Um, for me, I will probably have to upgrade uh, my defender, and in my case, Emerson, because he's just not getting any playing time. So I'm looking for some better options, and it needs to be someone who I can start in game week 14. As otherwise, I'll need to play Webster, who is uh, against Chelsea. Um, and I'm thinking of getting White from Arsenal. So, yeah, I wanted to ask you if you would recommend that. And at the same time, I saw a question coming in from FPL Nordic, who was also asking about the best defenders. So maybe we can broaden the, the scope a bit in your answer. And, and let's look at the defenders under 5 million, let's say. Under 5 million, okay. Yeah, I, I was going to say something about Almiron. I think he's the most transferred in player by far yeah, this game week. 500,000 new owners. So yeah. a blank is inevitable in my opinion with this. No, but. yeah, and he was my differential until now. But then, of course, I left him on the bench. So then I didn't benefit. Yeah. And indeed, now uh, more pe people are getting him. But okay, yeah. that's how it goes. That's rough, that's rough. <laughs> Okay, for Emerson replacements, um, so I checked top defenders under 4.9 million actually, and I okay. saw that White 
uh, is the best replacement, I'm, especially for this game week. His average is 4.4 in ensemble data. All right. Um, so he's the top choice in, let's see, five of the six models I use. And okay. the only player who is ahead in Scott's model is uh, Doherty. Okay. But yeah, White is a good replacement. And if you're checking, like, even under 5 million, I think Zinchenko appears in Fantasy Football Fix model, but still, White is ahead mm. in terms of the average. So I think it's yeah. a great choice. Um, but in terms of total points, Dunk yeah. is ahead because, well, most models think that his, uh, his game against Wolves next game week and Aston Villa the week after, his projections right. are pretty solid. So in, to in, ter okay. in terms of total points, Dunk is ahead of White, but I think White yeah. is a great replacement if you okay. consider also the DK rate. So there's a chance of getting yeah. you know players getting injured and stuff. Right. Yeah, and as I said, I'll, I'll focus on the game week 14. The, the, the next game week, Arsenal is uh, playing against Nottingham uh, at home. So that, that sounds like a good game. Mm -hmm. And what you mentioned about Dunk uh, playing against Aston Villa, I think you know that's one of those cases where a new manager came came in. Um, and yeah, we, we've seen the, the, the big performance from Villa in last game week. So maybe the data is not, you know, it's not considering that impact yet. I mean, in any way, in any case, it's difficult to to estimate what the impact will be, but yeah. that that gives me some doubt, maybe over over Dunk for that game. Yeah, I don't know. Probably, yeah. I mean, on, only only model where Dunk is not the top choice in game week sixteen. Uh, in, I mean, in that bracket yeah. is Fantasy Football Hub, which has Cresswell as a top right. option, Dawson yeah. and Romero. So Dunk is not in top three. But yeah. yeah. Oh, that's true. He, he looks good for both game week 15 and game week 16 mm -hmm. versus Wolves and Villa, as you said. Yeah. All right. Thanks for that. I hope that also helps some other people who are considering their defensive options. Mm -hmm. So let's say, in a nutshell, uh, we're recommending Arsenal and Brighton for the next couple of game weeks and also potentially West Ham, who have a few good, good games as well. Um, yeah, so that was about my urgent issue, and I was wondering about your team. What are, Do you already know what you're planning to do this week? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I want to delete my team. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I'm going to keep playing, I'm thinking of replacing my goalkeeper, and I can already feel that some people are rolling their eyes because like goalkeeper transfer is always frowned upon, like... Are you going to really spend your free transfer on a goalkeeper? But, I mean, I have only lesser goalkeepers and they are playing against Manchester City. So, like, if Holland goes and scores five goals, it will be unfortunate. Um, I was checking my options and I think Ramsdale could be a good option. And we talked about Arsenal defenders, so like, it could be a good idea. But uh, I haven't checked after the Holland's injury news. Uh, Oh, I don't know if he will play or not, but um, so I didn't check what the solver says. But it, Ramsdale was my suggested move when I checked. Okay. Yes, two days ago. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, Arsenal, as we just covered, they uh, yeah they they look good for the next couple of game weeks. Um, and I was wondering, as you mentioned, goalkeepers, if you're not considering Kepa 
because I think based on eye test, he looks to be the informed goalie at the moment. <laughs> and also quite cheap at 4.5 million. So Kepa is the eye test goalkeeper. Okay. Um, yeah, well, that's a surprise. All right, it, we wouldn't expect that a few weeks ago, but uh, <laughs> he's, he's been doing really well. And under pottery now is the, the starting goalie. Yeah, well, Kepa... In projections, I don't see his name among the top options, but it should be because of the uh, fixtures. I mean, he's good, and they are playing against Brighton this game week. That's, I mean, not that of a bad fixture, but they're playing against Arsenal next game week. I mean, I think a clean sheet probability in that game will be low, like even though he's good. And Newcastle after that, again, it's also... Probably Kepa would be a consideration maybe after World Cup. Yeah, but for this like three game week period, I think Ramsdale is ahead. Sanchez looks pretty solid. And yeah, maybe Pickford, but I'm banning Everton players, so <laughs> I won't buy him. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. But Everton, I think they are surprising us, right? They're not doing uh, that badly this season. Actually, they're doing quite good. So um, yeah, maybe... Yeah. <laughs> when I bet on them, they oh, perform right. bad. When I bet oh, against, okay. they perform well. So, so you're uh, staying so, away from them. Yeah. Me banning them is actually good for them. So. Okay. All right. <laughs> so then maybe if you ban them, then I should consider them. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, well, I was listening to another them. podcast this this morning, and they were talking about differentials for the next couple of game weeks, and you know Everton players like. Iwobi and uh, Calvert-Lewin mm-hmm. could be some options to consider. And also they are playing against Leicester and Bournemouth in game week 15 and 16. So, I mean, in terms right. of that, he's yeah. Pickford is a good option too. I mean, yeah, so. yeah that, that's the point. Yeah, even though Leicester, they are improving, I think. But yeah, yeah. still. Yeah. All right, cool. So uh, let's move to some of the Twitter questions. And uh, we did have an Haaland question. As yeah, you mentioned already, he's currently flagged after some comments after uh, yesterday's game from, from Pep. Um, I don't think it sounds too seriously, but yeah, you never know. And I think Pep and, and Man City, of course, they will be careful with their star player. Um, so the question was from Strabo, and he was asking if it makes sense to sell Haaland. Uh, as he says, you know, there are just three game weeks left. And you could, you know, bring him back, of course, with your unlimited transfers during the World Cup. Now, yeah, I already answered also on Twitter. But, you know, it's not so much based on the data, but just based on my own experience (laughs) of not owning him during the start of the season. And, you know, it's just a too big risk, in in my opinion. You don't (laughs) want to take it. His, his, uh, His ownership is so high, especially with everyone captaining him. So if you don't have him and he scores two goals or maybe even three goals, yeah, you'll just be too much behind. And also considering that the fixtures look really quite good for City for uh, the, the next three, uh, or at least two out of three. So yeah, from my side, I would definitely recommend keeping him. Uh, and let's let's see what you have to say about it, Sir Top. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean... First of all, we don't know if it is serious or not, and yeah. I will probably start him, and hopefully, you know, yeah. he would get auto subbed if he doesn't play. And Indeed. So, as you mentioned, I mean, their fixtures are really good: Leicester, Fulham, and Brantford. And Holland yeah. is the top 
player, uh, like in almost all models in terms of total between this game week uh, period. And yeah. this this is true even if I set his expected value for this game week to zero, even though like all it right. is non-zero because there's a chance of him playing. So it's yeah. always, you know, greater than zero. But even if I set it to zero, in fantasy right. football fixed model, Holland is ahead of Salah around uh, 3%. And he's still in top five options. And right. yeah. if he plays in game week 15 and 16, he's the top pick in almost every model. So, yeah, I mean, data says, I mean, holding it makes more sense. And it probably also won't work the uh, like team value you will lose by selling and buying back. So yeah, I will that's, keep it. that's the other thing you need to consider, of course, especially if you had him from the start. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, that's good. So that's definitely a keep from uh, from our recommendation. And yeah, as you mentioned as well, I think we we should be starting him. And of course, if he gets injured, then yeah, we'll have a we'll have an auto sub. But it also makes it then important that you have uh, that you have thought about your vice captain, as of course you you always <laughs> should do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Mike Mahoney was asking about that, like who's the best vice captain option? And I assume it will be Salah. But let's see if that's, <laughs> if that's confirmed. True, true. I mean, by default, minutes it's uh, the order is Salah, then Haaland, of course. You, if you are okay. captaining Haaland, um, yeah, Kane third. Uh, Jesus and Saka are the top five players this game week. But if you um, scale to 90 minutes, so if you scale everyone to 90 minutes, assuming that everyone will play full-time or, you know, by average, Haaland is ahead of Salah. So it is Haaland, Salah, then Darwin, and Jesus and Saka. So, yeah, I think if Darwin plays, he could be a good vice-captain option too. I mean, if you don't want to choose Salah for some reason and yeah. have Darwin in your <laughs> lineup still. For some reason. Like some people don't want to do that anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, cool. We cover that. Uh, let's move to the midfield. Yeah, well, we have just so many good options now. We have the premium ones like KDB and Salah. We have the cheap ones like Andreas and Almiron. But especially in the mid-priced uh, segment, there are so many options. Saka, Zaha, Foden, Madison, Mount. The list goes on and on. Uh, so before we go to the Twitter questions, as we had a few uh, on, about the midfield, can we just take a look at the optimal team for the next three game weeks and look at uh, how the midfield uh, looks like? Yeah, well, everyone has a different idea. I mean, I checked with three different data uh, before the episode and I will start with reviews optimal and again this is no transfer raw data optimal <laughs> as I mentioned before <laughs> right so are you just wondering the midfield or entire team uh, well we could cover the entire team okay yeah. so we have Ederson in the goal and in defense we have Gabriel Alexander-Arnold and uh, me and okay. in midfield we have Saka Martinelli Zaha Salah Foden and right. in forward we have Holland and Wilson, and the only playing bench is Dunk, which okay. you know gets benched this game week, but plays against yeah. Wolves and Villa. All right. Um, so Looks this like is like a strong team. Yeah, and Mikael Tokwam's data says Ramsdale in the goal, Gabriel Cancelo, me in defense, right. Martinelli, Trossard, Salah, oh. Rashford in midfield, oh. and we okay. have Mitrovic, Holland, and Kane. 
in forward. So All yeah, right. Trimium. <laughs> Some people hate the term, but and then the only playing bench player is Dunk. Okay, interesting options. Yeah, Rashford, Trossard, yeah, makes yeah. sense. And Fantasy Football Fix model says, Ellison in the goal. <laughs> okay. And we have Henry, Alexander-Arnold, Cancelo in defense. And in yeah. midfield, we have Saka, Martinelli, mm. Zaha, De Bruyne, Almiron. So we don't have Salah in this team. And in forward, we have uh. Jesus and Holland. And again, the only playing bench go- bench player is Dunk, but we also have Messlier in the bench and plays against Bournemouth. So, all right. Yeah, it uses two goalkeepers. Okay, that's interesting. Ellison and yeah, Messlier. Right. Okay. Wow. Interesting options. So I think maybe we didn't really answer <laughs> the question as we just gave a lot of different options. But I think it's good that we cover this, that people uh, understand, you know, what the different models are giving. Um, and especially uh, we have two of the optimal teams with with five midfielders so I think that that shows again that there's a lot of value and a lot of strength now in in the midfield options yeah there are lots of combinations and the only player yeah only midfield player that appears in all three of these uh, teams is Martinelli yeah. so Martinelli. he's so cheap yeah. and his projections right. are really good playing against yeah. Nottingham Forest this game week I mean if you don't have yeah. Martinelli that should be Probably a consideration. Indeed, yeah. That's indeed an essential one. All right, well, that that gives some options, but let's zoom a little bit into some of the specific uh, issues that people might be facing. Uh, For example, we had FPL Monkerut, who's asking us about Zaha. He has Zaha in his team, and he's wondering if he should sell him for Saka. And I think in some of the optimal teams, we saw the two of them, Zaha and Saka, Mm-hmm. But if it's a decision between the two of them, then what should he do, Sir Top? Yeah, Saka is ahead in uh, in most models and in average too, in terms of the right. total and average in terms of as- uh, ensemble data. And yeah. to varying degrees in Fantasy Football Fix, Saka is ahead 4%. In Hub's model is 5%. In Scott yeah. and Mikael's data... Saka is ahead, but the difference is below 1%. And in right. FBI reviews model, Saka is 10% ahead of Zaha. So, okay. well, it feels like another 50-50 decision, but Saka yeah. is ahead in general. And, well, I probably will try to keep Zaha if possible. I mean, if yeah. you have other places to upgrade in your team, probably it will worth more yeah, i think that's a good way to to put it like you know if you have the luxury uh to to use the transfer for this you you could you know you could consider going for saka especially i think he looks like the better option for uh, this game week 14 against nottingham forest but you know if you have more urgent or you know more pressing things to fix then it's probably wiser to look at those as they're they're quite close saka mm-hmm, and zaha mm-hmm. All right, then there's another situation which uh, FPL Trini is facing. Uh, he has Salah, and I guess he's just fed up with Salah. <laughs> and uh, he's wondering if he should go for Saka instead of Salah. So how do you look at that one? Well, before I answer that, let me hear your opinion. What's your you know, eye test or you know, vibe saying? Like, would you sell Salah for Saka? Um, I'm not considering it for this game week as Liverpool is playing against Leeds at home. So I think yeah, there are two things there. They play at home and it's against Leeds. So I think oh yeah, I want to give Salah 
still that that chance. I don't want to miss out on that one. Even though you, you could say the same about Saka, you know, playing against Nottingham. But, wow, I do have Salah in my team and I want to keep him for this game. And then after that, you know, they play Tottenham. Uh, so so that could potentially be a moment for me to, to yeah, move away from Salah. Um, I don't know if it will be for Saka, though, because then they play Chelsea. So yeah. I was thinking about some other creative options, like maybe Bruno. That, that could be a nice differential, I was thinking. But yeah, in a nutshell, for this week, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, that, that's that's my answer. <laughs> yeah, and then data agrees with you. His Salah, I mean, projected points is quite ahead of Saka. Both this okay. game week, in game week 15, game week 16, and in terms of total, obviously. Uh, in yeah. the ensemble data for three game weeks, Salah has a sum of 23 points. And Saka has 16. So, I mean, if you are checking yeah. data, it makes sense to keep Salah. But if you don't feel like it, then, yeah, well, why not? Yeah. All right. So, yeah, the the difference is still quite big in the data. So, that, that's good to, to be aware of. I think, yeah, we need to keep in mind that, that the data and the models, are, that we do we know that it's, it's still an optimistic look uh, at Salah. Huh? We've seen that in previous weeks as well. And I think people have some questions about Liverpool's form. So uh, for me, this situation with Liverpool and Salah, it's, it's, it's probably the case where you need to think about it yourself and, and consider, you know, what's more important. Is it, is it the data or is it your own eye test? And then decide for yourself, uh, you know, what you want, what you want to do, whether you want to keep the trust in the data or 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 not. Um, so yeah, that's a bit how I look at it. But is, is that how you look at it as well at the moment, Sirtop? I mean, as you know, I captain Salah a few times already, yeah. and yeah. I am kind of considering to captain him this game week again. I will, okay. I might do it again. So I mean, <laughs> I understand that people would like to use the eye test or. I don't know, like if they, they watch the game, they feel like Salah is not getting into positions. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So again, we, we talked about this uh, before, but sometimes models are slow. I'm not saying that they are slow to pick up uh, in this case. They might be, but like for people who are playing this game like me, who are yeah. you know, relying on the data more, I mean, yeah. I mean, Liverpool has still has good underlyings that's the problem if they were okay. performing bad in terms of the underlying data like if Salah yeah. was not generating enough expected goals for example right most models will drop him almost immediately yeah. but now that he's generating some but he's missing them so it's yeah. kind of i don't know like very noisy and we are yeah. still believing in that i mean he's a great player he has the potential to do it so yeah well i mean Probably if you go with data and then if it turns out that Salah, you know, blanks in the next, let's say, three game weeks, will be, yeah. are you going to be upset about it? That's the way to think about it, I guess. Like, I'm kind of trusting more on data. So I feel like, yeah. I mean, that's the best I can do. So I won't be... No, and I think, I, think, I think you should stick to that because, you know, that, that's your playing style. You, you always mention that you, you trust the data. So I think you should keep doing that. Yeah, and uh, as you said, I mean, yeah, uh, we all know what he can do. If we look at the last game, uh, you know, they lost against Nottingham. But if you saw the game, and also Klopp mentioned that as well, you know, they had so many chances. Normally, they would have won it. So yeah, yeah. 
But then again, there's two ways to look at it. You could say the underlyings are good, but mm-hmm. on the other hand, I think everyone who has played football, you know, sometimes you have such seasons that it's just not working for you. And, and you know, yeah, I don't know if we we probably can't, cannot believe in things like luck or form. Okay. But yeah, it, it does play a role. And uh, yeah, that's what I mentioned. I think people need to just make that up for themselves now, whether they want to to put value on that or whether they you know keep relying on the okay. data and okay. again it comes back to your playing style yeah question for you then do you think liverpool's okay. form will change after world cup like is it going to get reset oh or... that's a big question um and we'll come back on that later right how we are going to approach the world cup okay. period because okay. i think it's uh it's it's yeah so so discussion. let's come back yeah. on that okay but um yeah Let's okay. tackle it there. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, all right. Thanks for that one. So let's move to the next question. There were actually quite some questions about the data providers in the industry. As, as in yesterday's news, we could read that uh, FB Ref is changing their data partner from StatsBomb to Opta. And uh, to be honest, I'm just too much of a casual manager to understand or explain the, the situation. So, Sirtop, maybe you want to, to shed some light on that and, and, and uh, explain what's, what's happening? Yeah, in football, there are, well, two big data providers, StatsBomb and StatsPerform, which has, you know, releases the product under name Opta. And okay. And StatsBomb's XG model, like expected goal model, is right. seen as the better of the two and because they have more details included it, things like like the goalkeeper position defender position like which angle you see the goal and then how yeah. clear the uh, shot, shot is and yeah. but with opta they provide they cover more leagues and so fb okay. made the decision to go with them this time so that they can include like women's soccer and also right. other leagues where you know it's really hard to find data for. So yeah. in general, people who are doing football analytics, they enjoyed this announcement. They, uh, in general, the response was positive. Okay. But for FBR right. purposes, um, <laughs> some some people are were using FBRF's uh, XG values or expected assists, all all those stuff, and yeah. so. They are upset because now they will get the inferior XG data from FBR. Oh, okay, right. So, well, and the question says, like, do most models put so much weight on XG? Um, well, there are not too many models, actually, that were using FBRF's data because, like, well, okay. let's be honest, most models in the, like, commercial models, like FBR Review or Fantasy yeah. Fix, they are offering a product so they need to yeah. be they need to use the data from its source so they need to buy yeah. it and yeah. as far as i know statbomb's data is so expensive so most companies use opta anyway and so they use opta's data to build those prediction models so with right. fbref's announcement doesn't change anything in those prediction models like fbr review so right. it will be the same as usual okay same with as far as I know, like Scott Hub, and yeah. so people who are getting affected are mostly like hobbyist people, like enthusiasts who yeah. are building their own model by scraping oh, okay. FBRF. 
and uh, the FBL Kiwi is one of them. His model was based on uh, those values. And the concern is now the prediction quality of those models will okay. go down significantly. And right. as far as I know, people like review, they are using also more data in it, not only XG, but also the, some yeah. other details, other stats. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, if you have an XG-based model, mainly XG-based model, and you were using FBREF, the, mm. there might be a drop in quality, well, the okay. prediction quality. Yeah. That's the concern, I mean, in general. So, okay. yeah, yes and no. So it affects All us, right. but not really at the same time. And Kiwi okay. is, I think, considering to stop building the model. So, yeah, I'm just oh. trying to follow the news on that. Let's see. All right. Okay, well, interesting news at least. And thanks for giving your perspective. That mm -hmm. helps. All right. Um, yeah, there was a final question for today, which I think was a nice one to, to use here as, as final question. <laughs> uh, this is from Carl Isgren. He's asking how we are preparing for the World Cup break and how we will put together a team for when FPL restarts. And maybe it's still a little bit early to talk about that, but... Personally, I think I will just enjoy the break and I will restart planning like one or two weeks before FPL starts, you know, and with enjoying the break, I mostly mean enjoying the World Cup, you know, um, there will be plenty of football to to watch. So that will have my priority and then FPL will come back later. Um, but yeah, there will be a lot of things to consider, um, like the World Cup form of certain players, injuries, of course. Also, how long players have been active at the World Cup, especially players who might reach the final. You know, they will have really a, a short period of time to, to recover before they need to play for their, their clubs again. Um, and also, of course, there will be players who are not going to the World Cup and uh, will have a long rest. So it's a lot of things we, we need to consider. And on top of that, we have 16 game weeks worth of data to work with. Uh, which which is also good. But yeah, I think uh, we have 16 game weeks worth of data, but on the, on the other hand, we can ask how relevant it will still be, right? Because it will be quite a long break yeah, yeah. and things can be completely different again once the Premier League uh, restarts. Um, I think the informed teams at the moment will likely not be so happy with the break as, as you know, it, it breaks up their, their rhythm. While for the struggling teams, it can be an opportunity to kind of regroup and, and find new confidence. So, yeah, it's not a straight answer. And luckily, we have some time to, to consider our strategies. And, uh, yeah, how are you looking at it, Sertop? Yeah, I was thinking about spending some more time on data. Uh, as you have mentioned, we have 16 game weeks of data right now. And we yeah. have the prediction data, descriptive data. So I was hoping to generate, I don't know, maybe okay. some visualizations or maybe improve my uh, solver a little bit. Lots of side projects to do. And cool. oh, I also need to think about what I want to do after World Cup because um, hmm. one thing that I was considering is, um, and I think we will hear about this during World Cup uh, from Fantasy Football Trout, is... He's working on a risk model so that optimal solution changes based on how much risk you want to take. So if you want to play right. safe, it goes with yeah. safer options. And then if you want to increase your risk a little bit. Yeah. So in both cases, though, you are losing expected value. So expected value is independent of the risk. So there is yeah. a value. And then you can either take more risk or you can play you know, less risky. 
and then it changes right. your considerations a little bit. And yeah. so I want to implement that to my solver. So maybe if I'm still doing really bad uh, when the World Cup ends, I might take some more risk because like I have nothing to lose at my rank right now. And yeah. it's almost, uh, you know, uh, like one fourth of the season is over already. So yeah, yeah. yeah let's see. Well, you know, put things in, in perspective. You're still uh, doing better than uh, almost 9 million other, other players. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. So uh, it's maybe not where you want to be, but, you know, the season is not over yet. Yep, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to keep you positive. You are. All right. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate I think, it. Uh, I think that covers it again for this game week, as we covered a lot of key topics. Or uh, was there something else you wanted to cover sort of? Yeah, one last thing I want to add is I learned that Fantasy Football Fix has this post-game week expected values now. So what that right. means is they are using expected goals and expected assists. And then they calculate, you know, what was the probability of a clean sheet. And then from there, they calculate the expected points. That how many points were fair for a player to get based on the performance. And yeah. It helps to understand, you know, which players are overperforming their underlyings and underperforming so that yeah. we can assess them a little bit better. So I hopefully I will prepare some more uh, visualizations with using this data in the following days. And okay. well, I checked the, you know, usual suspects like Holland is overperforming his underlyings around 30%. For, because right. his expected points was 89, but realizes 117. Salah mm. is underperforming 10% and mm. Kane is underperforming 3%. Saka is overperforming 17% and Zaha is almost exactly doing exactly as his underlyings and Bowen is underperforming around 26%. I think the the missed penalty has a big impact on this. And Foden right. yeah. is overperforming 34% and when I say this, people usually react saying that, oh, Holland mm. is overperforming 30% because he's a great player. Well, yeah. yes, that could be the reason. Like, there could be right. a reason for the consistently overperforming, but I'm just reporting yeah. the value. So you can, yeah. you know, if you think that, well, Saka is overperforming 17% is not sustainable, for example, then you need yeah. to be careful about probably right. assessing that player. But yeah, yeah, I plotted the values. It looks like a normal distribution as you would expect, which is always nice to see because that's what okay. we you know, expect. There are always, you know, uh, some uh, outliers in the data. There right. are players who are overperforming their underlyings around 50% and there are some p players who are underperforming around 60%. So mm. well, it's, it's good to have the data at least. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And as you said, there's always two ways to look at it. So it's also something for people to again consider uh, for themselves, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Thanks for sharing that. And it's certainly something we can keep looking at in future episodes. Um, there is still a lot of action this week with the Champions League again tonight and Europa League tomorrow. So if possible, I would say um, the advice is to wait with any transfers until Friday or Saturday as you never know what could still happen, especially in terms of injuries, of course. Next week, I will have some time off, so we're not sure yet how we're going to handle that. But please just subscribe to our podcast so you will know when the next episode is out. Or follow us on Twitter. 
For Sirtop, it's at Sirtop Bilal. And for me, it's at Belfi BB. Thanks again for listening. And we wish everyone again green arrows. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye.